is Jared the GM on a very happy Halloween on ESPN 1025. The game live at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Preds pregame in less than an hour. Puck drop in two hours against the Calgary Flames tonight at Bridgestone Arena. It is finally hockey weather, GM. Boy, it is today. It got hockey wow. weather real fast. You got to go in the arena to cool, to warm up. Oh, it got hockey weather <laughs> real fast. But it is Thursday at 5 o'clock, which means it's time for you and the people here on Ask the GM. Of course, I'm dressed up as a panda. Floyd, not dressed up at all, which I find to be very disappointing on Halloween. But, uh, you know, he thinks he's, he's cool like that. Best call for Floyd to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC this Saturday. Take on Indy 11 at East uh, at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinals of the USL playoffs this Saturday. Got a line open if you want to snag it, 615-737-1025. Without further ado, though, it's time for Ask the GM. GM speaks. A little bit of the personality. Everybody listens. They understand every situation. And we're giving you exclusive access to Pick the Brain of former Titans GM Floyd Reese. Brought to you by Pella Windows of Nashville and Bob Steak and Chop House. Call 615-737-1025 now. You're never going to make a mistake. This is Ask the GM. Ask the GM presented by Bob Steak and Chop House and Pella Windows of Nashville. Joel is going to kick us off on Ask the GM. Thank you for calling. You're on with the GM, Joel. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, first time caller. Listen to you guys every day. Thanks, uh, Jared Floyd. Listen, I had a question for you, Floyd. Um, the situation with the $30 million quarterback being a starter quarterback and sitting him on the bench as so, so-and-so called a, uh, you know, a backup, my, my question is what is the $30 million for? Is it, is it for that quarterback to take your team to the Super Bowl? The the salary, correct. The thirty million dollars that they're they're paying him that essentially yeah. is to pay a quarterback of his caliber to take his team to the Super Bowl. Is that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, you're paying you're paying what you think is going to be a franchise quarterback, which means he's right. going to come in and he's going to lead your franchise to, you know, whatever it is you may, you know. So you, so the thirty I, the thirty million is still there if if you put him on the bench as, as like you said a backup. And then you have another quarterback that comes in, and that quarterback takes the team itself to the you know to the Super Bowl and, and wins hopefully. But in that situation, thirty million still there, and they win a Super Bowl. And you could always bring him back next year and, and, and redo everything, you know, because six hundred thousand obviously compared to thirty million is quite a bit. But you're still going to win a Super Bowl with that amount of money on the table, even if he's sitting on the bench. In my opinion, right? Which is which would be great if that happens. But if you're the coach and the GM that signed that quarterback for $30 million and then a $600,000 quarterback takes you to the Super Bowl, you're fired. I mean, well, somebody else is. You're yes. fired for getting to a Super yeah. Bowl? For somebody else will come in and you're lead exactly that right. team. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. But but the thing is, they can deal with that at the end of the season after the Super Bowl win. You see what I'm saying? I mean, they can. Sure. It's still there, and, and if sure. they want to try it that way, then it, it works and out. They and, could, good. and they could say this, I mean, with this kid this year. They could say, no, I'm going to stick with this guy, and he's going to lead. And then if, if, in fact, he were to lead you to, you know, I, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl, but if they were to go ahead and make the playoffs or get 10 wins or any of those kinds of things, then I think, you know, you, you may decide to keep him, but you're probably going to get fired over the other guy. Right, right, yep. And I and I, so, I look, you know, I see it both ways. So I just yeah. still think, you know, that the the thirty million, six hundred thousand is still within the team, 
and however they choose to go ahead and, and get to the Super Bowl and win, shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be that big of an issue that they sit him on the bench. All, you know, also there you go, you got a backup that's that's good quarterback, and you can still put him in at any time. But uh, I, you know, I know it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the yeah, other. But I, I mean, the problem is if if the backup, if you're paying the backup thirty million. Then you're going to have to pay the starter forty-five million. So, you know that's your your salary structure is all out of whack. I mean, the bottom line is you just can't, you know, you can't put together a team with those kinds of numbers in those kinds of spots. You know, it's like playing a kicker thirty million dollars. You're not going to pay a thirty kick, uh, kicker thirty million dollars, even though he may win more games for you than that thirty million dollar quarterback. But bottom line is, if you you know if that's what you're paying your kicker, what are you going to pay your all-pro left tackle and your Pro Bowl defensive end and your all-pro corner? I mean, you'll be paying those guys sixty, seventy million dollars a year. Well, if they go with Minshew, then Foles isn't back next year. How are you going to get out of the contract? I don't know what his contract is, but I'm going to bet it's guaranteed. So you're you're stuck with it. Then he, now he's out playing for somebody else on your money. And you're going to have to trade him to... and Yeah, and who's going to be... You're going to pick up a $30 million backup quarterback and give him a draft choice. No. We're not doing that. I'm sorry. Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> Drew Bledsoe was a starting quarterback that... I was going to say went to a Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah he lost to a to Super Brett Bowl. Favre in the yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's been, it's not like he's, I mean, you're talking about, you know, guys that have, have accomplished something, have true, are truly starting. This guy's, uh, this guy hasn't had a starting job in his life. Yeah, he has. Where? He had it in Philadelphia the first time, and he had it with the Rams. He got it in Philadelphia the first time and lost it. And he got it with the Rams and lost it. He's never been a starting quarterback. I'm talking about legitimate, like year, you know, year after year. You can't say the guy is never this. The guy hasn't accomplished anything. He's a Super Bowl MVP. I don't care. He's overrated. He is way overrated. He carried that team at the end of last year. He is way overrated. I think the opposite. I think Wentz is overrated. Certainly, and Wentz is too, and certainly not worth thirty million dollars. Trevor is up next on Ask the GM, presented by Bob Steggett, Chop House, and Pella Windows in Nashville. Trevor, go ahead. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. So, um, McCaffrey this week for Carolina. So, I know this Titans defense has looked really great throughout the season. Um, they've only given up over 20 points, like, uh, what, once. Um, but they haven't really faced anybody as dynamic to this point as uh, McCaffrey. So, what what would you say the, would be the keys to containing him? You know what, Trevor? You're you're exactly Thanks, right. Trevor. I mean, I'm not sure there are many players in the league uh, that that fits the, this kid's mold. I mean, this kid can literally do everything. He can do things that he doesn't do as well as anybody in the league, like return kicks. I mean, he's an outstanding kick returner, but he doesn't do it because he does everything else. I liken this guy to Marshall Falk. When we played Marshall way back when, it doesn't matter. He can run. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can beat you one-on-one. He can sit in zones. He can split out and be a receiver. 
and catch the ball as well as a receiver. I mean, this guy is an outstanding football player. When we played Marshall Falk way back when, we took a DB and put him on him. And we talked yesterday about it, Dory. And then after talking to Ryan and after being around or listening to Ryan talk, I'm not sure I wouldn't put Ryan on. I thought that too. Listening to Logan talk today, I was thinking put Logan Ryan on. And I would put Logan on him simply because I think he's going to have the speed. He's got more size. He's a better. The versatility that that the running back has, the DB has. So you can kind of match that. Um, But. What we did was we played nickel and we put this this DB on Falk and said, "Hey, wherever he goes, go tackle him." And uh, and I think they're going to have to do not not exactly like that, but but something like that with a special player that's a little bit out of out of the ordinary. Because I mean, we don't have a linebacker that can cover him. We you know we may not have a linebacker that can tackle him. Heck, I don't know. Um, I mean, this guy is is truly one of the great players in the league. Let's get another batch of calls for the GM. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. And again, the best call for the GM will win a pair of tickets for Nashville SC and Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinal at the USL playoffs this Saturday, 615 615- 737-1025 is the number if you want to get in. Ask the GM presented by Bob Steak and Chop House and Pella Windows of Nashville and returns next. It's Jared of the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. Ask the GM is presented by Bob Steak and Chop House, Pella Windows of Nashville. 615-737-1025 is the phone number if you want to get in for Ask the GM. And again, the best call for the GM will win a pair of tickets. To see Nashville SC take on Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinal of the USL playoff this Saturday. 615-737-1025. Matt is up next on Ask the GM. Matt, you're on with the GM, Floyd Reese. I appreciate you. How you doing, Mr. Floyd? Uh, Good. Now my you, question Matt? is about the uh, Titans quarterback situation. Um, for all the For all the talk about it, if you look at it, maybe not so much in the short term, but in the long term, is it not possible that maybe if they can get Tannehill to come back after this year and they can find a rookie maybe in the first round, maybe in the mid-round that they really like, that they'd, be, they'd have a perfect situation for them uh, to sit behind Tannehill for a couple years. He'd be learning from a veteran. He might not be the best quarterback, but he's still a veteran, and then let him sort of incubate. And then when the time comes, he takes over for Tannehill. Is that not an ideal situation for a young quarterback? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, you know what, Matt? You're, I think you're exactly right. I think that would be the ideal situation. You know, if, in fact, you can fall in love with Tannehill and, and you feel good about the fact that you can entrust the team, put the team in his hands, and then it at some point in time you get – either draft one or you know find find one that's out there in the market someplace there are still a lot of young quarterbacks that are out there bouncing around that maybe have a chance 
of coming in. If you think you're going to draft a kid in the you know seventh round or something, and he's going to come in and be your backup quarterback, that's probably not going to happen. Now we know it happens because it's happened at Jacksonville this year, but you can't count on that happening. And so I think you're saying to yourself, okay, if we could get a young, younger quarterback behind Tannehill that can come in here and just learn, you know, watch him. How does he go? What does he do in meetings? How does he react with the other guys on the team? How does he handle the huddle? What does he say when he stands up in front of the players in a meeting? All of those kinds of things that he can just watch and learn. Then when it becomes his turn, he's going to be, you know, that much better at it. At least he's got an idea. And we talked about this earlier. I think that's that's maybe, maybe part of, of Marcus's problem is that he has never had the benefit of that. And consequently, you know, when he's the first time, whether he did it his rookie year or second year or third year or whenever it is at a point in time when you've got to stand up and address the entire team, I mean, you're, you're doing it for the first time. You've never seen another quarterback do that. And so, you know, are you good, bad, or indifferent? And I think, I think all of that is a learning, um, you know, a learning process for him. And, and that's just a meeting. Now take that and magnify that times, okay, what about in the huddle? You know, how do you, how do you enter the huddle when you've got uh, two minutes left in the game and you've got to march 80 yards to win the game? How do you react in the huddle when, you know, you've got four minutes, you're trying to run the clock out? All of those kinds of things that are really, really important. You know, when I was watching Baker Mayfield throw his temper tantrum the other day, I was thinking about... At the press conference? Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, if Baker had sat on the bench for a year, there would have been someone there that said, hey, Baker, shut up. Hey, Baker, this is how you're an NFL quarterback. Hey, Baker, this is what you need. Instead, Baker's been coddled. The entire time he's been in Cleveland to think that he can say whatever he wants to whoever he wants. I mean, like, like you, you know the reporter that he yelled at. Like, how does the GM of a, the four Titans know the reporter in Cleveland? Because the reporter in Cleveland is really well respected. Oh, yeah. And that don't, yeah, that don't mean anything to Baker Mayfield, though. Yeah, no. And that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. And, and, you know, I think you're exactly right. I mean, this... And I, this is could be a stretch. It's just off the top of my head. But this may be the first time that Baker has been challenged. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he at Oklahoma, he didn't have. I mean, he won Heisman. How many challenges is that? You know, now they played tough games. And I'm not. I'm talking about in front of the press. Um, so he's never been a part of a bunch of these press conferences and, and see how the the quarterback reacts. Who he reacts with, and and uh, and even like with Tony, you know. I mean, let's face it; it's it's not the you don't want to go into a city the size of Cleveland with the passion of their play and and tick off the number one guy in town. It, well, especially when you're losing too. <laughs> yeah, because then no one's got anything for right. you when you're losing. You want to fight with Colin Coward before your rookie year. People, yeah, go get him, but you start losing, they'll turn on you fast. Jeb. Is up next here on Ask the GM, presented by Bob Steak and Chop House at Pella Windows in Nashville. Jeb, you're on with the GM, Floyd Reese. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I was just thinking, I feel like Harold Landry's having a, a really good year this season. And, Floyd, I just want to know, 
what kind of an impact is it having on this defense because they've been so consistently good? You know, uh, the pass rushers are always a critical part of the defense. I think right now, and, and it's certainly not a finished product, but I think if you look at the combination of Landry and um, and the big, what's, what's his, Big Jeff? Is that what Simmons. They call him? That's what they call him, Big Jeff. Big Jeff. Which makes sense since his name is Jeff and he is big. Yeah, uh, Big <laughs> Jeff. I mean, you're talking about two young guys that give you the impression they're going to be legitimate pass rush guys. And you may be able to forge a defense just around those two guys. So uh, I think Harold has really, really come on. I think we are seeing that we wanted him to make some big plays. I think we're seeing some of that. So, I mean, I... I, I'm very positive about Harold and where he is right now. Let's go to Brandon, who's up next here on Ask the GM, presented by Bob Steak at Chop House and Pella Windows in Nashville. Go ahead, Brandon. Yes, sir. So I had a, there was a comment before about um, a rookie coming on, under Tannehill. What's to say you couldn't do that with Marcus? I know Marcus was drafted and he's gone through all this stuff. What's, what's to say you couldn't have him sit under Tannehill for a year and, and then come out? After that, and he worked out. I, you know, is that is that a possibility? Um, you know, as crazy as it sounds, yeah. I mean, it might be a possibility, but I'm just Thank guessing here. I'm guessing that. Marcus, Hold on. What, what's the what's the scenario he's talking about here? I had a hard time following along on that. He's just talking about keeping Marcus as the backup. Oh, oh, and behind behind a rookie behind Tannehill. Oh, for next year? Yeah. Or the year after. And, and oh, hell no. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. I didn't say it was going to happen. I said it was a possibility. And I think here's what you what you would be, um, what he would be looking at, is he's going to go someplace else, and somebody will pay him a lot more money than they would be willing to pay um, the backup here. And and someplace else will probably get an opportunity to start or at least a shot at what what Marcus becomes is he becomes Tannehill someplace else. And, you know, he's going to a place he'll probably work on it and and pick a spot where he thinks the quarterback might falter. And when he does, then he wants to be ready to bounce. Sounds like Marcus is going to Chicago. I mean, if you read the tea leaves, Chicago's a mess right now with Trubisky. But the truth is, is they have to give Trubisky another year. Where Chicago's in a tough spot is this will be the year that they have to decide on his fifth-year option, and my gut tells me they're probably going to decline it because you're talking probably about $21 million for the fifth-year option for Trubisky. Well, he is not a $21 million quarterback. So then Helfrich is the offensive coordinator there. You bring in Marcus to play the Tannehill role, and then maybe you bench Trubisky and bring on Marcus. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I don't not saying that I would do that, but you know, I'm mean, I'm just saying that that's what I I think is going to happen. It seems like Chicago is the most likely destination for Mariota, at least when the people talk. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five is the phone number. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five on Ask the GM. We'll get back to the Ask the GM calls in just one second. First, though, let me tell you, show us why you're the biggest Bama fan for the chance to win a cabin on the Crimson Tide Cruise February 10th through the 15th. The second annual Crimson Tide Cruise will set sail from New Orleans to Cozumel to uh, Yucatan, Mexico 
on board the Carnival Velour. It's a national championship-worthy vacation with your favorite Alabama sports legends. Send us a picture by Twitter or with the hashtag Bama Cruise to upload or upload a pic at thegamenashville.com. Book your cruise at crimsontidecruise.com and get $150 off with the promo code GAME. Let's go to Wes, who's up next on Ask the GM. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, just a quick question. Uh, I don't know who wants to answer this, but with all the talk of Marcus coming out and Tannehill coming in, uh, in a league where it's built to be 8-8 eight and eight, and Marcus has gone consecutive 9-7 and seven three times in a row, what does Tannehill have to do in order to solidify himself as a starting quarterback here in Nashville? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you for the call. Go ahead, Floyd. You know, what he's got to do is he's got, in my opinion, is he's going to have to give the coaches confidence that he can play consistently at a certain level. And and I'm not saying, you know, franchise, I'm not saying setting NFL records. I think I, I am saying go out, perform, you know, pick your team up, make the players around you play a little bit better, win some games. And we'll see where we go after this. I mean, they're not going to, they don't expect him to go 8-0 or 10-0 or, you know, any. if that happened, would it be great? Oh, it'd be fantastic. But I think it's a little bit unrealistic. But they are expecting him to do something to help them help them get to a, a 10-win season or a 9-win season or wherever they're going to get. And if he can do that, and they feel like he's he's been a key element in all that, then I think he'd be the guy. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. 615-737-1025 here on a Halloween edition of Jared and the GM. You missed your chance to get with the GM next Thursday will be your opportunity. Coming up next, a comparison for David Poyle. Is it fair or not? We will discuss The MTSU Blue Raiders hit the road to take on Charlotte this Saturday. Kickoff for MTSU is 2.30 on ESPN 94.9. Game 2, Jared and the GM, live from Bridgestone Arena. It's ESPN 102.5, the game. We're very, very excited to announce that our captain, Roman Yossi, has committed to the National Predators for the next eight seasons. Not only is Roman our our leader as our team captain, but he is one of the best, most elite defensemen in the National Hockey League. Although he has yet to win a Norris Trophy, I'm predicting that it's going to happen as soon as this this year. Roman has averaged more than 50 points a season in his last five campaigns from 13-14. He ranks among the top defensemen year after year in not only points, but in time on ice. And under his leadership, the Predators have won two consecutive Central Division titles, as well as the President's Trophy two years ago. And I am confident that Roman is the perfect captain to lead us to our ultimate goal, a Stanley Cup championships. That was David Boyle the other day. And so they signed Roman Yossi to the contract. We talked about it. And to be honest with you, Floyd, I kind of moved on, right? Like, you know, you sign the guy, done, see ya, move on, keep it going. Right. Well, I was listening to Morning Drive, and they were talking about David Boyle, and Nick said something along the lines of, there is nothing left for David Boyle to do but win a Stanley Cup. And this team has got to do that. For, and I'm sitting there listening, and I'm thinking to myself, what does signing Roman Yossi to a contract have to do with the David Poyle legacy? Like, I don't, I don't know where Roman signing him to a contract. Now, drafting Roman Yossi, and if Roman Yossi's the captain and they win a couple of cups, that'll probably play a role into it. But because he signed Roman Yossi, I'm not now saying, well, you're, you're, the, the list of you're accomplishments done. for a general you're manager done. You've are... Done it all. 
<laughs> you know, be the all-time winningest general manager ever, build an expansion franchise, go into the Hall of, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, all three things he's done, uh, and uh, sign Roman Yossi. Like, I, I've never sa- seen that on the list. And so they were talking to Adam Vingan on Morning Drive. And Adam Vingan made an interesting comparison to David Poyle in his career. This is what Adam Vingan said. I was recalling a conversation I had with Eric Young, WWE superstar, big Predators fan. I talked to him this summer for a fun Q&A, and he referred to David Poyle respectfully as the Dan Marino of general managers. You know, a lot of accolades, a lot of regular season success, but winning as general manager in NHL history, but he has not won a championship. And if David Poyle retires without one, despite everything he has done, that's what's going to stick out. So let me say this. I get the Dan Marino comparison because Dan Marino did everything you can do as a quarterback except win the Super Bowl. I get that. But does David Poyle really need a Stanley Cup to cement his legacy? He's the great, he's the all-time winningest general manager in the history of the sport. I mean, does he want to win the Cup? Of course. Does he want to win 10 Cups? I'm sure he does. I'd like to be general manager and win a Cup. It's probably not going to happen. But I've never thought about it like this because I think what happens is when you think about things like this, if you accomplish it, then what? Like, what does Bill Belichick or Tom Brady need to keep playing for or coaching for? They don't need anything. But they keep doing it because that's what they do. And that's kind of how I look at general manager position. You can't get caught up in what you need to do in order for your legacy. Or else, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, if you get worried about what people will say about you, you probably won't do a good enough job in your actual job. Well, yeah, and I'm sure David is not worried about what people are going to say about him. That being said, he definitely wants to win a Stanley Cup. Well, duh. <laughs> so, and and I think I think um, Adam is right from the standpoint that you know it will always be. Hey, he was a win. How, yeah, people will say things like this. How can you be the winningest coach in the NHL and not win a Stanley Cup? How does that happen? Stuff, you know, and and so I How think can you go four Super Bowls in a row and not win one. There you Buffalo. go. That's exactly right. And so I think it'll be those kinds of things. And and if in fact he had a Super Bowl, I mean a uh, Stanley Cup, then you know there would be absolutely nothing you could say. Yeah, but do you stay up at night crying because you didn't win the Super Bowl? No, I mean I nothing I can do about it now. But would I have rather won a Super Bowl? Well, I think you would, have, you would have wanted to win 10 Super Bowls. But I don't feel like it would have affected you any differently had you won a Super Bowl or not won a Super Bowl. No, I mean, not at all. And, and, I mean, I don't want to sound rude, but I, I, feel like, I feel like you were cool not getting the credit when the team was really, really good when you were general manager. And you're cool not getting the credit now for how good the team was when you were general manager. And that if, if you know... Your legacy in Nashville was, you know, somebody picks up a media guide from 1998 and they see your picture and it is general manager and them saying, oh, Floyd Reese. I don't feel, I, I don't feel like that would change you one iota. No. But, and I, but I don't know David well enough to know if David cares about that or not. I, I don't know. Well, but, I, I don't think David cares about it. I mean, I don't think David, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure he cares about it. But David's not losing sleep over that either. But, I mean, I think David, in David's case, David is going to be nationally recognized. You know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a, 
you know, the winningest GM ever. He's going to on and on and on and on. And so when people say, oh, man, you know, how good was he? You're going to, you know, people will, will say the same kind of thing. He's oh, the best, winningest ever, but he never won a Stanley Cup. And so I think you just eliminate that. So you think he needs to win a Stanley Cup for his quote-unquote legacy and his... No, it won't. It'll just keep people from saying that. It'll just keep... They'll always be the asterisk next to his name. You know, never won a, never won a, a, a Stanley Cup. I mean, I know David wants to win the Cup. I know David is dying to win the Cup. I mean, you hear him talk, you know all of that. But at the same time... I think David can feel pretty secure in his status as a general manager in the history of the NHL oh, I agree. if he never wins a cup. I, I agree. And, and I don't think, for example, I don't think David would, not that the Predators are, are at this point, but if it was, hey, maybe you need to blow it up and rebuild. I don't think David would have a hard time saying no because he would selfishly want to try to make one last run at a cup. I think he would do what's in the best interest of the franchise, right? regardless of whether or not that got him closer to a cup. I just don't think he thinks like that, even though everybody else probably wants to think like that for him, if that makes sense. Oh, it, it'll be. Because when you're G- GM, you got too much other stuff to worry about. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're worried about 10,000 other things, and and this that really doesn't affect David. I'm just saying, when articles are written about him, for example, mm-hmm. or when people talk about It'll him, always say, it's yeah. always going to be there. Always. Bud Grant, you know, Marv Levy, four Super Bowls and no wins. You know, how is that possible? You should have found a way to win one. Yeah, well, we were trying, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's it's just always there. I just feel like... The general manager job is so hard that you literally have to just do it every day, and you can't get caught up in what people think about you or saying about you. You can't care about any of that. And so I don't care about that. I don't care about David Poyle's legacy. It's like when I criticize a trade he makes or a movie makes, and people will say, David Poyle is the all-time winningest general manager. Well, no, duh. And I'm not saying I'm a better general manager than David Poyle. I'm criticizing one decision because, for example, the, the decisions that led to Kyle Turris being here. They did not want to have to pay the price for Matt Deshane. At the end of the day, they wanted Matt Deshane, and they didn't want to pay the price. So they figured the consolation prize, because they couldn't get Deshane, would be Kyle Turris. So they did it. And they paid dearly for Kyle Turris, but it wasn't more than what would have been Matt Deshane. And my whole thing is, why didn't you just pay the price for Deshane at the time? Well, now you had to really pay the price to get Deshane, and you have him, and we're glad he's here. But what if you had Deshane last year and you didn't have Kyle Turris doing nothing on, on the fourth line? You know, how would that have changed the balance of power? If you had had a team that had PK and Matt Deshane on it, if you had been willing to pay the first time. That's, a criti- that's my criticism of one move. That's not me saying he's a bad general manager. And I think people struggle with that sometimes. But, I mean, I think everybody knows David Boyle is a general manager. You told me one time, I said, you know, you've never won a Super Bowl before. And yet, I've been around you and Nick Saban. I've heard you talk, you know, off the record of Bill Belichick. I've seen you talk to Wade Phillips. I've seen you talk to all these big-time coaches. And they treat you like a dude who knows football. And you said to me, even though you don't have a ring, people in football know who's got real rings and who doesn't. And I think hockey's the same way, right? Sure. 
Like, yeah. you know, these people know David Poyle knows what he's talking about. But, I mean, hockey players don't write articles. <laughs> it's for the rest of the and world. coaches and GMs and, and all the that The rest kind of, of the world, yeah. Although <laughs> every article written about David Poyle is usually pretty positive, so I don't think there's anything not there. Predators game day is coming up next. Preds in Calgary tonight. Plus, what Crispy had to say about Pekka, we'll discuss that too. Predators game day's next live from Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena. Jared, the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's game day in Smashville. Brought to you by T.J. Anderson Homes and Chino's East. What are Peter Laviolette's keys to the game? Who will be in and out of the lineup? It's time to break it all down on Jared and the GM on your flagship home of Smashville. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Predators Game Day presented by TJ Anderson Homes. Your road to real estate begins at TJAndersonHomes.com with my buddy TJ Anderson and Geno's East. Get a historic slice of Chicago deep drift tradition before or after the game. Geno's East on the corner of 3rd and Korean Veterans. Info at Geno'sEast.com backslash Nashville. Tonight, Floyd Reese, the Calgary Flames in a Halloween battle and big news. Hey, do you, what do you want? Trick or treat, Floyd? Trick or treat? Yeah, you got to pick. Trick or treat. Good news always first, so treat, right? Yeah, treat. Philip Forsberg back in the lineup tonight for the Predators. He'll go right to the second line alongside of Kyle or of uh, Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlin. Kyle Turris moves down to the fourth line back for the Predators, so everybody is back together. And I'll say this, I was worried when Forsberg went out, I thought, Who's going to carry the load? Because Forsberg had been doing a great job. Well, they picked up, and Forsberg is back in the lineup tonight for the Panthers. Uh, they've got so many people, it seems like, that that either are or are capable of carrying the load. I mean, it seems like, you know, I mean, I keep going back to Sessons because I'm, he's, he seems to be doing so much more than I expect, you know, on a game-by-game basis. But, I mean, like last last. Uh, Last game, I mean, the Benino line and those guys, I mean, they were outstanding. It's turning so. what it was two years ago. Last year, they had too many people who weren't carrying the load. It was like, hey, need these guys to step up. Where are they? And they weren't doing it. This year, It's whether it's Yarncroak or Benino or Sissons or whomever, they certainly have done a good job of that. Now time for the coach's take. Of course, the coach's take is presented by my buddy T.J. Anderson and T.J. Anderson Homes. Your road to real estate begins with my buddy T.J. Anderson at tjandersonhomes.com. First, we start with Peter Laviolette on the Calgary Flames. Every game that we play against Calgary the last few years, we just it seems like we have got to we've got to make sure that we're ready to work. I, you know, I kind of led with that. Like it's not going to be a easy game. There's not going to lot of be a be a lot of free space out there or open ice and. Uh, they got a dangerous top line. They got defensemen who jump all the time into the play and add offensively. So they present some challenges defensively. But you know, the biggest thing for me is probably that putting on that hard hat and going to work. It's it's going to be a tough one. I'll say this about the Calgary Flames: there's nothing about their team that's ever really all that sexy. Last year they won the Pacific Division and they got knocked out in the first round by the Avs. This year they're you know in third to last place. So it's not like Calgary. the Calgary's a year-in-the-year-out contender. Boy, they beat the stuffings out of the Predators when they play them. And you can see, I mean, we heard Crispy when he was talking about them here and, and the things he was talking about. You know, Crispy was talking about, 
them being physical and nasty and really able to skate. It sounded like he was really impressed with those elements. So, you know, if in fact that's the case, this would be a nice little challenge. Uh, also, Peter Laviolette, of course, Coach's Take, presented by T.J. Anderson-Holmes, talking about the addition of Philip Forsberg to the lineup. Phil will be uh, back unless something changes here, so it's not 100%, but um, I've got to talk to some people first. But he's any time a player gets cleared and jumps into our pregame skate and jumps on a line, there's a, a good chance he's leaning towards coming back. And, um, you know, his line was a, a dangerous line before he got taken out of the lineup with Duchesne and Granlin. And uh, if Phil's available, then that's the path that we'll choose. Big addition to the lineup. Also, when the coach says that he'll be in there, well, first I got to talk to some people. He'll be in there. Oh, I'm confident. First, let me tell you about the Winter Classic Flyaway ESPN 1025. The game is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas with the Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway starting Monday, November 4th. Listen for the cue to call and qualify for a chance to win the grand prize, which includes round trip, airfare, and hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines uh, Arena Center, whatever, on New Year's Eve, a pair of tickets to the Hockey Winter Classic as the Predators take on the Dallas Stars at the Cotton Bowl, and the winner will be announced on Friday, November 15th. Prizes courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. Let's take a look at the standings in the NHL Central Division. The Predators are in second place, one point behind Colorado, who has 18. The Predators with 17, both through 12 games played. St. Louis has 17. They've played an extra game. Winnipeg, this is where the drop-off comes, Floyd. Winnipeg five points behind, and the Preds have a game in hand. Wow. That's a pretty big drop-off. So Winnipeg's starting to kind of fall a little bit. Maintain that drop-off. Dallas, Preds have two games in hand. Dallas has 11 points. So the Predators are essentially four wins up on Dallas, and it's not even November yet. Now, what all does that mean? We learned last year, (laughs) not a whole lot. Still better than the alternative. Chicago, 11 games played. They've got eight points. Minnesota, 13 games played. They've got eight points as well. We were talking yesterday, to, or we were talking earlier today to Terry Crisp, and we were talking about the success that Pecorine has been having this year. And I asked Crisp, I said, Crispy, what do you make of Pecorine and all of his success? This is what Crispy said today. What you're saying about Pecca, they say about Brady. Why? Yeah. You know what he is? He's a very talented athlete. Yeah. He's a talented athlete. He looks after himself. He knows the game. He studies the game. He doesn't take practices off. He knows what he's doing. Pecorina is the same. And Pecorina and all these guys, Brady, Pecca, going down the list of stars like that, have pride. A sense of pride. And as soon as the press and the fans and the people say, oh, they're done. They're finished. Yeah. I'll show you how done I am. I'll show you how finished I am. And Peck is that type of a kid. Like They're saying, well, uh, Saros is very, he's a, yes, he might one day be heir apparent to the throne. But I've told you this before. Pecorine is not handing his throne over <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> Believe me, if you inherit his throne, you'll have earned the right to have it. So that was what Crispy said today. Floyd, you've been around a lot of high-end athletes. Is there any doubt that Pekka doesn't belong up there with those kind of players? Oh, I, I mean the way he conducts himself. Yeah, I don't think there's any the doubt. Way. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know the man. I've never been around him a great deal, uh, but watching him play, I mean you can't have anything but tremendous respect for that. And when you know at his age to play at that level, he's got to be one of those guys that just does everything right. 
you know, he eats the right thing. He gets the right amount of sleep. He does all he can do. To, he truly loves hockey, and he's going to do all he can do to be able to play every single hockey game that, that the good Lord is going to grant him the body to, to, to play. And finally, tonight, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1025 The Game, with the voice of the National Predators, Pete Weber, Halloween Spook Fest against Calgary. What are you watching for tonight, Floyd? You know, uh, and we talked about what, what Calgary's going to bring, and I think it's going to be, I just want to see how we match up, how we play against that. Not that we haven't played against teams like that. I'm not saying that, but but I think it'll be it'll be especially interesting with this team because, first of all, they it seems like when we always play them, it's always a battle, you know. It's and so we're gonna you know hopefully go out and do the same thing. But I just want to see how well we play against a, a really really fast, really physical, nasty team. I think the Predators just need to keep this momentum going and all these games early at home. They hit the CMA road trip coming up soon. Get the wins at home now. Get the breathing room and uh, try to continue to play that consistent hockey. That's going to do it for us. Jared and the GM, we are out of here. Pre-game with Darren McFarlane is coming up next. Of course, morning drive will have your first chance to react, but the game is at 7 o'clock right here on the flagship home of the National Predators Radio Network. This is ESPN 1025, the game.